So what a great morning. Yeah, Mark, it's been awesome. What a beautiful, beautiful morning. I'm disappointed in myself right now that I am not preaching in a different language. And so um, that's in process and kind of halted. But hopefully um, this time next year, Julia, we're working on it. And so, um, you know, I, I love the idea of this expression of who God is um, in the, to the nations but uh, I also wanted us to recognize, which, which we didn't mention and maybe just obvious to everyone, but you don't have to board a plane today to walk to the nations. You can walk up the stairs of this fellowship where a Spanish language church is meeting and gathering in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ. Or you can walk a um, hundred yards, if that far, maybe 80 yards back this way. Um, to your west, and you can join with our Haitian church who is singing the praises of Christ in our fellowship hall right now. And so this isn't a get on a plane and feel the the culture and the wonder of what God is doing, but it is, um, Jesus, thank you for placing us in the middle of Jacksonville. May we amplify your name and your glory well. And may we recognize and realize as primarily we speak English, but I know that there are multiple dialects sitting in this room, that God, we are thrilled with your heart, and maybe it's not even your heart, we're thrilled with who you are to every tribe and tongue, and nation and people group, and so Jesus, we love you, and may we steward well where you have placed us to live. And that's our prayer as we introduce this, is that we steward well where we live. I I had a friend of mine post um, yesterday, uh, Jose Vega works with World Relief and he posted the, and I won't, I'm just, I, ha, I know nothing about football. Nothing. I need the Poochie's help. I need anybody's help. But um, I just saw a place I want to be because it's where Jesus is. I saw yesterday where it's a um, international football for children and um, that's for you Americans, that's the, um, the sport of the heavens across the world, soccer. And so um, there is this international global league going on here in Jacksonville. And I have messaged Jose and said, I want in. I can't help you at all. I can't referee. I can't do it. But I can stand on the sidelines and hand out Gatorade because the tribes and nations are there. And the joy of who Jesus is is there. He listed out like 13 nations that were playing in this international league. And I'm like, I'm in. Let's go for Jesus' glory. So um, praise the Lord for where he's placed us. And what a great privilege and stewardship it is. And I thank God for our worship team for bringing that. And how could we not mention Wilgins on the piano? I know. I mean, like, you know, I have worshipped in Haiti when Wilgins lived in Haiti. And it's such a joy. I don't know where he is. I'm looking for mom and dad. So He refused to sing. And I, Cynthia was really heart, a little bit heartburned about that because she, he left her out there. But... Um, I'll talk about him for a while, and then we can hug him. He's over in the kid building. And so um, if, if we're going to uh, join together today in the 63rd Psalm, and this is um, a series about redemption. And this is a four-week Easter series with four thematics, that there is a time that I feel like, uh, maybe four words, that there was the, 
this mystery, and I don't think that that's a sufficient word, but I'll use that for today. There was this mystery that surrounded the disciples as Jesus began to tell them of the plan of God that was antithetical to the plan of man. And and it was the plan of God that he lay his life down as an act of the will of God for the sake of the glory of God so that others could be rescued into the story. It's God's mysterious will of redemption. And then um, next week as we have Palm Sunday, there's this wondrous awe. I've used the word wonder to just describe the people. There is a desire for worship that is going on among the people of God and after God's heart, but it is worship without completeness of understanding. We don't we don't have that. We, we often preach and teach um, series around the Easter season as if Jesus isn't already resurrected from the dead and if he hasn't already completely covered our sin and shame at the cross. And so I'm not coming to you with that. I want to talk, if we can, about these thematics in light of to look backward at the cross and in light of the spirit-filled life that we have in Jesus. I, I will quote um, the infamous manly man David Hall right now when he said, Oh, what would happen among the body of believers? This was a Chinese pastor. He shared this in our small group this morning. Oh, what happen, would happen among the American church if we would understand and live in the midst of the power of the Spirit of God? And so there would be this sense of mystery, the sense of wonder next week, this sense of awe on the week of Easter at the resurrected Christ and this sense of movement among the body of believers as a result. And so um, I want to just spend some time today on this mystery. How do we move forward when it's as mysterious to us as it was to the disciples? Not that Jesus was crucified and that Jesus was resurrected, that he is our salvation. That part should be clear to us. But we make our way through as a people looking through a, a dirty glass and saying, God, I want you and I believe in what you have said of us, that, in, that you move mountains, that you pursue our hearts. Lord, do it again. And so with, with that in mind, I would, I would like to begin to um, determine and define the word redemption. The word redemption literally is translated to buy back or to purchase something that, um, that has been lost. And I, I think that would be a just uh, definition of redemption, and yet that's not where we stop. And if I carry on with this, I will throughout Easter, but it is powerful to sing the song, and I don't remember the lyric, Ryan, but it, it said something like this, I felt worthless, and I felt lost, and, and God and his goodness and his grace moved toward me. I definitely added to the lyrics of that song. And then, But I, I think it's more powerful and more potent than that, I didn't feel worthless. We were worthless, lost in the midst of the wrath of God. And God in his great mercy and kindness and his love for us moved toward us in salvation through the cross of Jesus Christ and redeemed us, meaning he purchased us, you and me, out of our lostness, sin and shame and brought us. And this is the powerful part because it is not just that we are bought back. That is in and of itself enough. But he not only bought us back through the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ, but he... He gave us as heirs and joint heirs with Jesus the riches of the heavens. I just kind of gave away all of Easter right there. And so when the Lord talks about redemption for us, it's not solely that you are lifted out of the quagmire of your sin and shame, although that's worthy of our worship. If th- that would be enough, right? 
but it is also that God has called you an heir of Christ. And I could go on and on with that, which we will over the next three weeks, but he has, he has robed you in the righteousness of Jesus. He has covered you and he has, he, has, he has borne your shame. You have been bought back, but you have been blessed forward with the grace of the hope of eternal reward in Christ. Glory be to God for the redemption and the power of the Easter message. And so this is how we move forward in the mysteries of God and in, in trying to take steps when things don't make sense. And so I am extraordinarily grateful for the message of today and i would like to read from my from psalm the 63rd chapter and i would like to have a brief prayer as i turn there and here's what i would say to the lord holy spirit i pray that you would open the eyes of our heart to the wisdom that you have for us not wisdom that is of man but god i pray that there would be revelation from your spirit and so holy god we come to you with open hands and open mouths teach us your way O lord Draw us to yourself. And and for many of us in this room, in a dry and weary land where there's no water, teach us of the satisfaction that we have in you, Christ. And it's for the hope of heaven we pray and we hold fast. Amen. The 63rd Psalm, verses 1, 3, and 4 are on the screen. Or um, if you have a scripture, you can open that. Or if you have an app, feel free. Psalm 63, 1 says this, God, you are my God and I eagerly seek you. Verse 3 says, my lips glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. I will bless you as long as I live. And at your name, I will lift up my hands, Lord. Here's what David is saying in the midst of the mystery of worship. And I want you to understand this and this alone as we walk through this Easter message on messages on redemption is that there is mystery as we walk through. And in fact, the reality is that many of us are in a place of very dry and weary land where there is no water. And yet David fully recognizes in the mystery of the path toward redemption that the living God is there. And he is the one, he alone is the one that will quench our thirst, satisfy our souls. And so therefore, we will gaze upon you and your sanctuary, Lord, which is verse 2. We will look upon you with expectancy, Lord. We will revel in you for you, O Lord, in the dry and weary places. This is a sentence from the screen. Even in the dry and desert places, David resolved to live out his days as a shout of praise to the Lord. This is an important word. And um, I just want you to hold fast to that shout because it's not a random word. And you will grapple with that. And I pray that that word becomes an anchor word, not for today, but in the heart and life of this church as we move forward as a body of believers. Our, our response in this Easter season is to the depths of the mystery of God and the depths of the thirst of our soul. We, we long for this message and we long to hear that again and again and even almost to approach it if it's a new message again because it is the gospel. God, we walk in mystery. We walk thirsty. We walk in this dry land and God, we are often weary. I want to, I want to live the ability as David did to say in a dry and weary land, Lord, I want to praise you and I want my kids 
And I, I started there, and I will illustrate this a few ways with our family, but I really want you to immediately begin to talk about our kids as if every kid in this body of believers is hearing the shout of praise from our hearts. I want my own children to walk about understanding this heart of dryness of, of the land and the weariness of our soul at times, but in the faithfulness of God and what it means for us in this season as what it meant for the disciples who followed Jesus in this season to say, God, we don't fully understand the mystery, but we will walk forward in your name. This, this was played out in our own family in several uh, different ways. Um, this was played out in our family early on. I had um, entered into a much desired path of my life. Seven years of, prepared, uh, seven years of, of graduate school would prepare me for this path. And I was sitting in the midst of, Sarah, you're going to like this story, by the way. I was sitting in the midst of um, a, a doctoral program, and I sensed the Holy Spirit just speaking to my heart saying, leave. This is not where I have for you. And I'm not going, wait a second. This was a really big deal to land here. And the Holy Spirit just kept whispering. And so finally I um, went and spoke to my my wife at that time. We were in our first year of marriage. And um, I said, I just really sense God doing this. And she said, I know. And so I, um, I left, unbeknownst where we were going and what we were doing, and this is where I landed. It's a great picture of um, Sarah and our profession. So there's a picture of Santa Claus coming up on the screen. I landed at the Auburn, Auburn Opelika Mall working for Santa. That's the high calling that I received. Seriously. It was in Auburn, Alabama. Sarah, it's a great job, isn't it? I keep calling out Sarah. She was the helper of St. Nick in the mall this year. And so that's where I landed. Um, this, this, I worked as St. Nick's helper for three months. You've heard this story in here before, so I won't belabor it, but, you know, St. Nick um, got ill the last week, so I not only worked for him, I became him. Thank you. I'm excited. I just felt excitement telling you that. That was so awesome. It's an experience. You know, we were, Susan and I were in that moment, just this mystery of the season, wrestling with God and saying, we, we really, we went way down the road thinking we're going to go work with kids who are um, homeless in New Orleans, and we were all but there, and stop. And then we started praying about Texas, because everything is bigger and better in Texas, but there was a very specific calling toward Texas, and, and we listened to the Spirit, and he said, stop. And then, um, and then the panhandle of Florida opened, and we spent 18 years of our life in a place that we would have never chosen in our wildest dreams, and it was beautiful when we begin to say God there's mystery here and we're going to obey you when it doesn't make sense and we're going to follow you when this doesn't make sense I I don't want to belabor our stories but um, I I later I told Susan let's no she said to me let's pray about something and so I did I went this kind of scares me right now because I went away for a conference and I came back and this was in our front yard I was I was praying like a Baptist Susan's praying like a person that obeys God. Like, I'm going to pray in faith and in action. So, Mark, I'm glad you went to the conference and you're praying about this next step, but I'm praying and... It wasn't moving to another place. It was an internal heart call to the city where we were placed, and it was just powerful. And so there's this, there's this way that we pray in the middle of the mystery, like, I'm going to pray about this for a really long time. But some of us pray like David in the middle of the mystery where we're praying with faith and action. 
And I think that's the way of Christ when Jesus says, in the middle of the mystery, how do you keep moving forward? To go back to the story where I land in a moment when we talked about Abraham last week walking with the wind in his face, the knife in his left hand, and his son in his right hand. How did he take those steps of mystery one step at a time? He's saying, with faith and in action, Lord, I am going to worship you and who you are and what you're about. We, uh, we were even here, this, was, this is a little fun fact that most of you guys don't know, but even in our coming here, um, everything that we had was loaded on a truck. And um, because of some legal implications of a house we were buying, we were literally loading our things on a truck, and there was nowhere for that truck to come in Jacksonville. It was fun. And so there's our truck. It really is our truck. And there's no house. So, I, so Susan and I are rocking and praying. And I, this was, that was a six-month walk in prayer um, for this journey. But we were walking and praying. And so she went down the hill and up the hill and just said to me, um, as she came back up the hill, um, God's got this. And I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. Did they call you? She said, no, he's got this. I said, does he have an address for me to give the people? No, he's got that. And that afternoon he had it. It was awesome. It was beautiful. In Psalm 145, there's just this passion of my soul that I want those around us to walk through this journey that we share with this little sense of insanity about us. This little sense of um, maybe more of that sanity toward the kingdom of Christ. That we run in faith and in action toward God. And that there is this communication that happens cross-body that is generational that is filled with the movement of God, that there's this mystery about God's calling, but there's this sense that it is deep and rich and abundant and potentially, and there's no, that's not potentially, that in reality God is inviting every one of us into his kingdom work and he's asking us to be extraordinarily um, attuned to him for that work. I, I want to desire of our soul to say, I see this in faith and in action and I I want my own children, but I want the children of this church because this is the makeup of our family. I want them to say in the midst of uncertainty, what we've learned in watching you is that in uncertainty, we keep plodding toward the glory of God. We keep moving toward the glory of God. In the midst of mystery, our hearts, listen, in Psalm 63, in the midst of a dry and weary land where you don't have a place to go, where you have a call of your heart, but an unclear reckoning of where that call will lead you, you keep moving toward God. You keep asking Him to satisfy your soul. You keep declaring Him as the righteous Holy One. And you keep your life centered on Him. You seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and the rest of it will add, and a lot will subtract. That's just the the heart of God as we walk through a season of mystery in this redemption story. The disciples were sitting in the midst of mystery and God is to be praised. There is an anchor verse that the entirety of our staff are praying lands in the heart of this church. It is Psalm 145.4. It is a powerful verse that allows us to flesh out Psalm 63. When David was writing this psalm, he just said, I want to increasingly allow this to be fulcrum among you. And I am praying it's an anchor for us. And here's the words of it. One generation will declare your words to the next. And they will proclaim your mighty acts. This is Psalm 145.4. We are praying in the redemption, the redemptive story of God, that this is a story that is passed around among generations in this church. 
Here's, here's a powerful reality. Ryan, I was reading this this week. I've just finished the book on the seven Hebrew words of worship. And I, I think you should probably uh, praise actually is the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word of praise or declaration in this verse. And if you're not a note taker, I hope you have a great memory right now. Because we are again praying that this is an anchor for Mandarin Baptist Church. We are praying for this to become a life altering movement of God in the heart of this church. The Hebrew word is rarely used in scripture. The word for he uses to declare or praise your greatness, Lord. It's only used 11 times in scripture. The the Hebrew word is Shabbat. It's used 11 times and it literally means this. We want to shout this. We want to commend this. We want to glory in this. We want to declare and triumph in this. Even if the triumph is not yet seen, Psalm 63, even if we're walking in the middle of the valley of the shadow, even if we're walking thirsty, we are lifting holy hands of praise, saying to God, we shabak, we declare, we commend cross generations the faithfulness and redemptive story of God. And we're praying that that becomes a lifeblood in the middle of a a walking through life when it is most mysterious and we don't fully understand. We just look at one another and go this, among the generations, here's what we'll declare. Almighty, almighty is our God. I want to start singing and I can't even remember how the rhythm goes, but we want to sing like mighty is our God. And there is no plausible way that we don't shout it back to one another. And this Hebrew word, by the way, for those of you that are a little more low key, is not a whispered shout. It is a shout. Our God is mighty. He is sovereign. He is king of glory. He will lead in the mystery when you are thirsty. He is your drink. And it's, it's, we're praying that this is an anchor. Not, and here's why. Because this is a five-generation body of believers. And it is powerful. When the generations are commending, declaring, praising the powerful acts of God and they do that in the midst of the mystery we do that in the middle of the pain we do that when Jesus is saying to us and it's still a mystery to us it is my body that will be broken for you it is my blood that will cover you and they're looking around just like we are and just like they're looking around like we are we want a kingdom here and Jesus is going here is not the kingdom It's better. It's mysterious to you now. But boy, if you'll pursue that, it will be glorious. I put this note in my notes based on um, this passion of Psalm 63. My body faints for you in this land. It's dry and without water. And he is our provider when everything shouts that we don't have enough. That's, That's the mystery of the disciples in this Easter moment. Everything's shouting around them. Wait, you're going to leave? It's better if I leave. You're going to go? It's better because I'm sending myself in the power of the Holy Spirit. Your life is about to be... I mean, their whole life is wrapped up in mystery and we are coming and saying to God, here's where we want to land. And so I will just pray this over us. We want to land in mystery, but in surrender. 
And saying to God, God, in this mystery, we surrender our lives to you. Surrender the story that we want to write for the story that God is scripting in our hearts. Surrender our capacity to see so that we see with great mystery and we crave with our hearts the revelation of the Spirit of God. And we walk forward just continuously saying, Lord, I want to walk with you. Abraham, as I shared last week, I've already alluded to this, somehow just with carrying the knife, walking the mountain, face set against the wind, just said these words, God, in this perspective of the reality that I don't have enough, you are enough. And the Lord, I believe, replied back to him, I am your provider. The Lord will give you what you need in this moment. How do we move forward in the mystery? Or how do, we, how do we move out of being stuck in the mystery? We step forward believing that when everything shouts that we don't have enough, we shout back the declaration of the goodness of God. I've got enough, for I have my very great reward in Jesus. If you were here last week, that should create an echo in your heart of amen. God will provide what we need, when we need it, even when we don't know what we need or if we need it. He sees you and he sees me in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our brokenness. This isn't a hoop de rah life is good message. This is God will supply your need according to his riches and glory when you need it and often when you don't even know. When this for sale sign is sitting in your front yard and you have no idea where to go, when you forsake your career as Santa's helper, and have no idea where it's leading after that. He is already down the road going, I know exactly where you will go. I put this uh, on the screen for you. We have the role both in word and in action. And this is where I'm praying for us as a body that we're far more than a, than a group of words in this gathering. But we're praying that in word and in action, in the midst of the unknown, that there are holy hands lifted up. And there are shouts lifted up. And there is praise lifted up. And that we commend this back and forth to one another. And, and here's what I think we have to wrestle with. We don't commend this when we get it. We commend this in the mystery. We speak and declare our praise for the living God in the midst of the mystery. And, and folks that are older than me, I desperately need you to speak to me of the faithfulness of God because you've walked ahead of me. Folks that are younger than me, our students, I desperately need you to compel me because you walk far more boldly than I do because I am right smack dab in the middle and I will be cautious and I need a generation to teach me how to live in the winds of the Spirit. And generations declaring back and forth to one another the faithful hand of God is powerful because the older we get, the more secure and safe we get. And the younger we get, the more bold we get. The older we get, the more wise and seasoned we get. And we speak wisdom back to the generation. The older we get, God willing, the more radical we get because we've seen the faithful hand of God. This is, yeah. this is the anchor through which I believe God will move among us in the times and season of mystery, which I honestly sense that most of my life is a mystery. God, I want to wake up tomorrow believing that you're going to do something amazing. 
Maybe it's the most bold of claims to look out over the dry, cracked, and barren places which many of us carried into this room and to make this proclamation from Genesis twenty-two fourteen: The Lord will provide. This sentence is far different when you just you like it to make a claim, a promise, but it's when Abram is walking up a mountain in the most prolific and mysterious situations and he hears the Lord whisper of his provision. Maybe that was the offering given that God was looking for from Abram just to believe. In fact, I don't think maybe it was the offering. He believed and it was credited righteousness, right? He's our provider when everything shouts that we don't have enough. We end up fulfilled and saying, Lord, I want you to walk with me and I want to walk not in the abundance of life as I see it, but God, redeem my steps so that I can experience the world as you see it. God, I, I, I want to capture this current painful situation that I'm in and I don't want to waste it. I don't want to miss it. I want to press my wounds up against your wounds and sense that you will use me in the midst of the mystery for the sake of your glory, Lord. If you walked into this room with wounds and and you needed something, I just come to you saying, you walked into the room of a wounded provider who bears scars for your namesake and who provides his glory. And he says, press up against me. I was listening to an author reading her book this week, but my daughter shared with me a, a, a podcast that I listened to, and I, I just was undone as Ann Voskamp shared this story. She was talking about a lady who said, please sign my book. She was um, coming through a battle with cancer, and she said, would you please write this in the foreword of my book? Here's exactly what she asked for. And this should be a model prayer in the midst of the mystery. May I know you, Lord, in being healed as I have known you in sickness. May you use me in health in the way that you have used me in brokenness. Genesis 15.1 says to Abram, Do not be afraid in the midst of this, Abram. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. This woman talking had stage 4 cancer, and God in His grace in that scenario had chosen to heal her, and she found in her healing the redemption, but more importantly, she found the redemptive work of God in the mystery of her sickness, and she began to say, God, I have fully identified you. If you walked in this room, this was in my brain a minute ago, it didn't get out, here it comes. If you walked in this room and you brought suffering with you, you, you are mingling and co-mingling with the lead of suffering. You are ability in Philippians 3 to be able to say, God, I want to know you and the privilege of knowing you is to merge my life with you in the middle of the mystery. Do not waste the suffering that you brought into this room for we have a wounded healer who meets us where we are and she's looking and saying, here's what has actually happened in the mysterious redemptive work of God. I have seen God when I thought my life had shrunk down to this much time on this planet. I have seen him use me powerfully and would you pray for me that God would use me now that I appear to be well because I am so terrified that God will not use me as profoundly as he has used me in the mystery. Oh wow. 
Oh, wow. And that's redemption that is an Easter story. That's the redemption of the kingdom people who say to the Lord, we walk about vulnerable, humble, generous. And we walk about in significant communion with you, Jesus. Here's Psalm 145. We walk about, Lord, declaring and commending and shouting. And I would say that that lady's voice probably did not have a loud shout at the table. That would have just been weird. But her soul was shouting, Oh, God, use me in my health as you've used me in my weakness, in my sickness. Oh, God, don't allow me to walk about now that I am well and not be used by you for the sake of the gospel. The disciples were sitting around the table at this season in Easter saying, we don't understand. We thought you were invoking a kingdom on this earth. And Jesus says, no, it is far greater. Move forward in the mystery. You're thirsty. I supply. You are without. I am enough. Redemption is this way. God says, trust me. Trust me with what you cannot see right now. Would that be the makeup of this church? Trust me to provide. Trust me as you walk through this Easter season. The last thing we need in this church is another didactic Easter where we teach a little bit, amen, and go eat chicken. What we need is a sacred community. Uh, Matt used these words earlier. We need to share in the communion of saints. We need to share in sacred community. We need to share without masks. If everything is good today, we need to share in our suffering and in our joy. We need to share in our authenticity and in our passion. And we need to commend back and forth one another. Not that everything's okay today, but Jesus is enough today. That's the commendation of this church. That's the declaration of our hearts. And we crucify the cross when we come together and say everything's okay when we are torn inside. What this city, what this region, and what the nations need to hear is not everything. Everything's not okay with me. But Jesus is enough. I walk in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And yet he is the wellspring of life. And to live in any other manner nullifies the power of the redemptive work of the cross. And may we, might we just, as a people, lay down our mask and become a beautiful, authentic community of commenders and shouting of the praise and the worthiness of God in the mystery. When peace, like a river, it pours its way the depths of my soul. Lord, when the shadows pervade over my life and there is no light, when all has been lost and I sit in a sea over the grave of my children, I write in this mystery, the most profound anthem that I know. It is well with my soul.
peace it flows that is the wonder of psalm 63 and psalm 145 and the mystery of the redemptive story of the cross and so i close with these words one generation to the next shawbucking your works lord declaring your mighty acts lord this is not for the purpose of pumping up the present moment it is the passing of the faith of jesus from one generation to the next can i say that again because it's pretty important this isn't to have us walk in the room and shout you know some false shout among us it is for us to declare and commend not that we are pumping up for this this moment it is for faith to be passed among the generations it is for the wonder and the mystery of god to be passed among the generations and we need this we need communion with christ communion in the minister the mystery communion with the saints commending our faith and that word ultimately is translated in this way there was among them a holy roar just this magnitude of the wonder of christ would you pray with me jesus we love you god i pray that you would form within us a deep sense of mystery a deep sense of wonder and a keen sense of awe and movement in our hearts as we mobilize toward your redemptive story god i pray for the quicksand that has carried many of us away from mystery i pray that you would lift us out as psalm 40 says from the miry clay and set our feet right now on the firm foundation of the redemptive story of christ oh jesus i pray this for our fellowship God, I pray that masks could fall and a true mystery and wonder of Christ would pervade among us. God, I pray that you would draw us to yourself, to your kingdom story, and that, God, we would cup our hands with our heads lifted into the stream of your living water and we would drink deeply of the mystery of the cross and the empty tomb. Oh, Lord, you have redeemed us, and we praise you. We taste and see that you are good. The song we'll sing to close our service today is a song of faith. It's a song of saying, Lord, we step into oceans deep, and we walk trusting you, trusting you in the mystery. This song is fitted for this moment. But this song is an empty, hollow song if our hearts don't come with it. Our souls don't move with it. So we open an altar at the end of a service to come to seek the face of the Lord, to bow a knee and to say to him, you are the Lord, you are my satisfaction. If you would like to come and pray as we sing, this altar is wide open. We know this through scripture that we don't need and intercessor to speak for us between god and man but some of our pastors will also be here at the front because we know this there are times when it is just beautiful to hear our name lifted 
to the Lord our God, our maker. So if you would love for someone to pray for you and with you, we'll be here at the front as well. If you have not yet known Jesus, we are here now. And as pastors, we will remain here at the front at the close of the service just to share with you what is the declaration of our soul as this church. So would you stand with me and make your way to the altar if you desire. Pray with the pastor or just lift trembling hands before a holy God in faith and with hope and in conviction. Be glorified, Jesus.